here we are again. Another knowledge drop for uh, episode five, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, titled Truth. So, Brian, what, I, I see you laughing. What are you laughing at? Nothing. I'm excited to get this show going. Let's do it. Let's talk some truth. Oh, yeah, we are going to talk some truth. Let's let's really get into it, okay? Let's talk, let's talk some truth. Uh, Here's some truth. I'm happy that Falcon and John Walker fought at the beginning of the episode instead of making us wait till the end. Right? Didn't this, uh, this episode seemed kind of out of place to me. I'm, uh, I, I felt like we should have maybe seen this a little bit earlier in the season. I don't know. Uh, that's kind of where I, I'm, I'm going to start off with. I did enjoy this episode. This episode was, in my opinion, the best one that we've had so far this season. Uh, and that's not really saying a lot, but uh, it touched on what my main concern has been throughout the season. The character development. I wanted to see Bucky. I wanted to see Sam just being together, just learning from one another and Buddy hanging cops. out. Yeah. And I felt we got that in this episode. You know, I had mixed emotions on this episode. There are aspects of it that I really enjoyed and some that I just, you know, I could do without. I'm with you. You know, I went into the series wanting to see uh, Sam and Bucky's relationship grow and their character development. And I think uh, we took a step forward with this episode. Yeah. And we finally got here. Uh, but we first start off with this great fight that in some aspects was mirroring some other fights that we've seen in the MCU. And it involved uh, Captain A-Hole who went, I, he's full tilt A-Hole now. I mean, if he, I thought he was like a little bit, uh, I, I thought he was full, full tilt last week, but boy, did he prove me wrong. He is full tilt A-Hole. But I can't help but think that that has, his mental health has something to do with that. He's feeling betrayed by his country. He's being f feel betrayed by uh, just everybody around him. Why, why are you slapping that down? No way. His country put him on a pedestal. They made him Captain America. What more, what, what bigger honor could he get? He just can't handle the pressure. And it's because he's insecure of himself. He's insecure that he can't live up to that symbol, to that mantle. Yeah, but if you deal with PTSD, people tend to act out in these type of uh, scenarios. So to me, I thought that was more of a statement on his mental health than anything else. And we see that in that kind of few good men segment where they're talking uh, in front of the court and he, he receives the other than honorable discharge for what he feels he was doing for his country. He felt that he was taking out a terrorist and he should be fine for that. To me, but I... That was kind of a weird scene. Um, what was weird know. about it? It was it was just weird how that whole thing went down. You know, he he takes down this this terrorist. Now, granted, he does it in a very brutal way. The guy was giving up and he was unarmed. And, you know, there should be repercussions and reprimands. And by no means should he continue being Captain America. I just don't know. And maybe I just don't know um, too much about military law. If a proceeding like that takes place in our in our open forum, almost like that in front of a big council with an audience and and it's just like it seems like it should be more of a disciplinary um, hearing. Like I said, no, I, I, I get not, you. I, I get where you're coming from. It, it and, just seemed like it was a like there was like an audience. There was a it, it it seemed off to me. And 
here there is no lawyer there to represent him, but yet he's not allowed to present his facts of what occurred. And I don't know. I just felt like like really rushed. This is very Hollywood, very, you know, I just didn't buy the whole scene. I think the biggest part of that scene was, you know, him walking out with a other than dishonorable discharge, no benefits. His government has obviously shunned him and he walks out of the room saying, well, I'm going to still be Captain America. And I thought that was the biggest takeaway from that scene. Yeah. And because he has something to prove. And we later see in the episode that he takes those medals of honor that he used, started incorporating them into the shield that he is making because he is going forward with um, making this uh, this shield and becoming a villain. We're seeing uh, this this villain kind of coming out, but you also kind of understand where he is coming from. Is he a villain? I mean, yeah, because we've he's seen... he's a villain. Do you think he's redeemable? Um, I don't know. Think I don't about, know if he's redeemable at this point. Let me put some other Marvel characters out there who have done very similar things. Deadpool. Deadpool kills. But you would yeah. consider him a hero? No, I, I've always considered Deadpool an anti-hero. Okay, what about um, Punisher? Anti-hero as well. So would John Walker be an anti-hero? I think if they go this route, yes. But I, th- I, I feel they're going supervillain with him. Uh, where this is not going to be the last that we see of him in the MCU. Uh, he's going to go on to bigger and maybe more evil things. I, I don't know how this plays out in the comic books, so I I don't know. Uh, do you know anything about that, Brian? Um, yeah, I know that he is a U.S. agent. That I, I believe that he um, joins the team, uh, the Thunderbolts, and the leader of that team is uh, General Ross. And they're a bunch of people with, you know, they're not villains, but they've got something to prove. You know, they are on the wrong side of right, but not necessarily wrong. If that makes any sense at all. No, you're right. But did you also catch that Zemo, who is also a part of the Thunderbolts, was being sent to? Yeah, the raft. The raft. Yeah, which you know who is in charge of the raft right now? Is? General Ross. Yep. So we see that, again, there's something that could be forming over in there. Uh, This is what I'm enjoying about the MCU. We are seeing things that could turn into potential down the road. They're leaving these little Easter eggs, whether they go back to those or not, uh, only time will tell, but it's still nice to see them laying the groundwork for the future. I'm liking this to, we are now in a visual medium. People are not really going to comic book stores as much as they used to. Oh, I know. I know it sucks. <laughs> right. And, and uh, yes, but I see that these are now our comic. Our, these are now comic books to us. We are now seeing these things grow from, let, from let me these, just tell these you, shows. If you guys enjoy these Marvel movies and enjoy podcasts like The Knowledge of Nothing and The Knowledge Drop and Complus, you will enjoy comic books. All these stories are already written, and you can go into the comic book store, any local comic book store, and they've got thousands of these books that would make a billion dollars on the screen, and you don't have to wait. You don't have to worry about COVID pushing another production back. They're already there. You can read these stories and know what happens, and and there you go. It's amazing. So maybe we should uh, 
enlist your skills on what should we read next? Then? I don't have skills. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> what trade paperback would you recommend? Um, if somebody liked this right now, could we go to the yeah. Thunderbolts? You, you could. You could You could go to the Thunderbolts uh, comic book. Uh, there is um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier miniseries uh, that you could read. And then we've already talked about this, but Truth, Red, White, and Black. Uh, which is a six-part miniseries um, with Isaiah Bradley. So yep. these are all amazing stories, and um, I highly recommend them. Okay, so enough of the comic book chat. Let's get back to the episode at hand. You know, we, we talked about Zemo. Do you think this is the last time we see Zemo in this? Uh, in this, Do we think we see, uh, next week is the last episode? Do we think we see him next week? No, I think he's lived think out we're done? his... Yeah, I, I think he's lived out his uh, his purpose. I think the scene between Bucky and Zemo was my favorite part of this week's show. You know, I like that interaction. You know, Zemo obviously is paying homage to his uh, his family, and Bucky knew exactly where to find him. And just the control Bucky has, knowing to take the bullets out of the gun, but still wanted to make his point. Make his point that hey. This is what I think of you. And I just, here's where I am just so impressed with the character Zemo and the actor who plays him because I think he's doing a fantastic job. But after all that, he's got a gun in his face. Bucky pulls the trigger, you know, to find out that all the bolts have been taken out. So nothing happened. But Zemo, still calm, cool, and collected, just says, I've gone ahead and crossed my name out in your book. You know, for him. I mean, like, just like, what a baller move. You know, <laughs> just like, just, I just love this character so much as he's being walked off by the, uh, by the King's guard from Wakanda. You know, it's just like, we don't know if we'll ever see him again. And that is his last, you know, could be his last words to Bucky through all this. And I just thought that that was just so classy. You know? Yeah. But ultimately, I think with truth, it's a great title for this episode uh, because the truth is is subjective to whoever is going through it, right? John Walker has his own truth. Yeah. You have Bucky that has his own truth. You have uh, all of these folks that have their, their own truths. And to me, the most striking scene of the episode was when Sam goes to visit Isaiah Bradley. You want to talk about truth? Truth is is an ugly thing. It is something that you have to sometimes confront and and talk about. And knowing his backstory was just so soul crushing to me. You, you you have an idea of what he's been through, but when he explicitly lays it out there, that to me was some of the best writing I think I've seen in the MCU this entire time. It was it was striking. It really made me think about things in a different way, seeing things from that perspective. He brought up the Tuskegee Airmen. He goes through this, why would I, why, when he tells Sam, why would any self-deserving, uh, uh, self-respecting black man want to carry that Captain America title? It was just uh, devastating, devastating to me. But then Sam takes that knowledge in and he goes back home. He becomes reconnected to what is going on at home, helping his sister, having the whole, t having the whole town come together to help him rebuild this ship. 
and he sees what America is all capable is capable of and what we can do when we are together. That then informs his decision on whether or not he wants to pursue the Captain America persona, if you will. I, I, the fact that they called him Uncle Sam, his little nephews, did you catch that? Yes. They called him Uncle Sam. I just thought that that was kind of cool. I didn't piece it together. In fact, Oren, who's visiting me right now, uh, brought that to my attention, and I didn't even catch that. And I thought that was a, a really nice touch to, to this story. I think what changes um, Sam's mind was when Sam's younger nephew is looking up at him holding that shield and you can just tell that he sees you know sam as this strong role model and he's just so proud of his uncle and everything that he represents and he's a hero and he's his uncle and he's strong and he's you know he's he's there for everybody and that is what it's all about and you know his family feels safe around him and they're just happy they're playing their kids and you know, and that's what it should be. And I think that's where Sam comes to the realization is that, hey, I can make this different. My experience could be different than Isaiah Bradley's. And going back to um, Isaiah's story on what happened to him, did you notice that that was the same story of Steve's, Steve Rogers, where no. Steve finds out that his platoon and Bucky get captured and against orders, he goes in and he rescues that platoon. And he probably would have been court-martialed also had he not got frozen in the ice for 70 years. But um, he yeah, did you know the what? same That's, thing. Yeah, you're exactly right. And that, again, speaks to kind of race in the country, right? We have one person that has done it a certain way. The same person, another person does it a different way. And just based on that, they then right. put somebody in prison for 30 years. Right. It was, it's, but I didn't, I didn't even draw that parallel. Yeah. It that is a same, great catch. It's the same story. The, their backgrounds are very similar. Wow. Another kind of uh, like scratch the surface and you, you kind of see deeper meaning with all of this. There are some issues I did have with the episode. However, namely, did anybody else get like the Lord of the Rings vibe to this thing? No, there was, there were multiple endings. <laughs> I mean, God bless America. This thing kept going on. I'm like, Oh, it's what a wonderful episode. And then it goes to another scene and then you're like, Oh wow, that's the end. No, it reminded me of the third Lord of the Rings where it just had several endings for like 20 or 30 minutes. What are you talking about? Tony, what what Tony, endings? Brian, Brian, you're asking the wrong person. If you ask me Brian, <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> Wayne, did you catch that? Do you understand what I'm saying? Um, to a certain extent, but it didn't really stand out to me. Okay. Well, and he goes full Gollum, right? I mean, John Walker goes Gollum. At one point, he's talking about the shield. It's mine. It's mine. I felt him to, like turn into Gollum all of a sudden. And just like, <laughs> oh, my precious, my precious. No way. He went yeah, to it Home was totally, Depot and started welding his well, medals the, to a couple Because he caps. couldn't have his precious back. <laughs> his precious was, taking, uh, was taken from him. And oh, yeah. all of a sudden, he, he, he had to make his own precious, and he used his own metals to do so. So I'm going to ask you, 
I'm going to say it looks his shield looked pretty janky from what he was doing. Yes, it looked real so janky. How is that? I'm curious how it's going to look in next episode because obviously yeah. we're going to see it's it. going to break. <laughs> <laughs> I think break. Sam is just going to kick it, it and there, let there me you tell go. You, it's not going to yo zoom right back to him like Sam's does. <laughs> right. The other, it's going to be like this big calm, right? That's the right, that's yeah. A, a yeah. Right. It distributes the vibration. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing I caught in here was Sam's wings. Did you catch that? Uh, Sam's wings came off, right? And right. he basically gives them to uh, Joaquin. We all know what happens with Joaquin later on. He becomes the Falcon as well. So yes. you see these little breadcrumbs that Wait, are being laid across. You know across. what's in the box from Wakanda, right? Uh, of course. It, I cannot wait to see the suit, right? right? Know, that that suit. I cannot wait to see that suit. That, to me, uh, I just, I'm so excited. Can't wait. You know, um, they brought in uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus into this uh, show, and I was kind of surprised to see her. Yeah, what is what is up with her? So she is Valentina Aguilera de la Fuente. No. Uh, what? Just <laughs> call her Val. What Just is call it? her Val. Val. I don't Fantessa. know. Fontessa? Okay, you're no, going to have to edit that out. Not... Uh, Hold on, I wrote, wrote Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Yeah. So basically, uh, she's Madame Hydra. <laughs> and what does made what does Madame Hydra do? So she's worked for both sides. She's uh, she's been kind of a double agent for for both sides, either Hydra or at one point she was um, uh, involved with Nick Fury. She was involved in Shield. So I don't know if she's a good guy or a bad guy in this iteration. We'll find out. Basically, she gave John Walker a blank card. You know, I think she's working for General Ross. Yeah, to hey, be Brian, honest. Yeah. I, uh, I was described to me, Dana was described to me that she's kind of like the anti Nick Fury. Yes. You know, so where Nick, she can help organize the MCU version of the Suicide Squad of sorts. Yeah. Uh, which would be like the Thunderbolts. Yeah. Um, so I think I think she works for, for Ross. Okay. And uh she's on a recruitment mission, obviously. And her tactic is more like let's let me befriend you. I understand your cause. Now you can continue your cause through working with us. You know, I, I caught the purple though. And the purple kind of took me back to WandaVision. I was wondering if she was a witch at first, but um, no, now that makes sense that she is this uh, anti-Nick Fury. But uh, yeah, that, that whole purple thing was just kind of odd. Can I ask a question that was brought up a couple of times in the show? Yeah, sure. They keep talking about Steve as if he's gone. He's not <laughs> gone, right? I mean, like, like they should know... <laughs> yeah, they're with him. True, I true. Mean, so why do they keep talking about him as if they're gone? Like, like can Bucky really not go talk to him? You know, like Bucky keeps talking about how he's alone and how he that shield represents so much of the past and his connection with everybody. But Steve's still alive, isn't he? You know, like, I don't know. <clears throat> I think yeah, if he was dead, either. we would know it. Because there would be some kind of, we would see it or there would be some kind of event. Or do you like, think that they would basically leave him alone because that is not who he is as that person anymore? No, I think he wants to be left. No, don't get me wrong. I think he's retired, but you know, like I, but I still when think I mean, he, when, when you're, when you're gone, I think maybe they think that the Captain America is gone. Maybe uh, they're speaking metaphorically. I don't, I don't know. I, just, I, I don't I, know. I just I, like, why can't they just visit this old guy and like, aren't you still friends with him? I mean, like, I don't understand it. You know, like we didn't True. see him go anywhere. You know, like, like why, why are they talking about him as if he is gone, gone? 
Maybe yeah. maybe he has. Who maybe knows? he has, mm-hmm. but they haven't explained it if he did, and I would yeah. have an issue with that. So mm-hmm. one more thing before we go on to the pop quickies or pop minis, excuse me. What's up with Sharon Carter? Oh my gosh! So uh, she's she's talking to George. Uh, I, I call him GSP, but uh, the I can't remember his name in, in the comic books. Yeah, it was a uh, well, yeah something rack, uh, bolt rock or something like that. So there's a there's a a theory floating around on the internet, Tony, and maybe you can uh, shed some light on this on this uh, truth. Batrock, <laughs> Batrock. Is it true that Apple has made some kind of deal with? Hollywood that um, like heroes can use Apple products, but villains or bad guys in in movies cannot use Apple products because Apple doesn't want like their image to be associated with anybody kind of evil or or a bad guy. Is that is that something you guys have heard? I have heard yes. So I heard that this week, and then Sharon Carter's scene came on, and I noticed that she was not using an Apple iPhone. <laughs> Oh, really? It was not Hmm. an Apple iPhone. I'm like, oh, she's a villain. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) You know what? You might be onto something. If if, if it turns out that she is indeed the power broker, which everybody is assuming at this point. Right. um, But leave it to Marvel to always throw us a little bit of a curveball that we're not quite expecting. So now I'm just going to start looking at everybody's phone to see if they're... (laughs) That's a good way of figuring out who's the bad guy and who's the good guy. Brian, you have just broke the code for the entire MCU and any movies going forward. Going forward. (laughs) Right? Sorry for spoiling that for everybody. (laughs) Yes. Just look at their phone and that will tell you exactly who they are. Are they on a laptop or an iPad or something? I don't know. Yes. Oh, wow. That That is pretty ingenious. But I think it's, uh, I, I don't want to say it's safe to say, but it's looking more and more feasible that she is the power broker. Right. Any well, thoughts on that? Yeah. Marvel has done us wrong before. Mufasto! But uh, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know who's the power broker anymore. For all I know, it could be, it could be anybody. It could be uh, General Ross. It could be Sharon. It could be, it could be Steve Rogers. It could be, uh, Fisk, you know, he likes art, you know. <laughs> oh, actually, that's, what, that's what I was gonna bring up, actually. Yeah, oh, yeah. did so, you win really? Well, you, no, well, Dana and I were just having sidebars like, would this be an opportunity to bring in the Netflix universe, Daredevil? In, yeah, Daredevil, and how you know, and bring in, bring in that character. So I like, ooh, Kingpin, and I'm like, ooh, that would be an interesting, like, little he, teaser he or segue. Does love art. <laughs> wow, yes, he's you're well right. Connected. Yes, but anyway, it could be anybody, it could be the White Vision. I don't know. <laughs> 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 or it could be Agatha all along. Yes, it is. It's Agatha. They've told us already it's Agatha. It's Agatha all along. Yeah, right. I changed all my answers to Agatha. <laughs> all right. So in wrapping it up, what were your thoughts of this episode? Again, I thought it was the best episode that so far this season. Um, I just love the character development. But let us know. Let us know. Uh, Facebook. You can always uh, email us at the info at no- the knowledge of nothing.com. Follow us on Instagram as well and let us know your thoughts. But uh, yeah, I think we're going to move on to some pop minis. It's time for pop, pop, pop quickies. Wrong sound effect, dude. <laughs> I never had the right one. You never gave me the episode one. Yes, no, you do. Yeah, you pop minis, it. it's yours. You played it last oh, week. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Okay, yeah, here, here, here we go. I'm sorry. 
I keep yes, fucking it up. up. I'm a sorry. I'm up. sorry. Yes. <laughs> you were so so you can leave this in, Wayne. Yes. Leave this in. Don't don't edit this out. Don't edit this out, okay? Uh, I, I genuinely fucked up. I want everybody to know I fucked up, okay? So leave it in, okay? Here we go. Now, here comes some pop minis. And now it's time for pop minis. So was that better? Was that better, Wayne? I uh I don't know. You know I, I already edited it out. It's all good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> um, yeah. All right, guys. Welcome to another round of Pop Minis, KD edition. Uh, I'll give a go with two questions. I think two questions is fair for KDs. Speaking, we talked a little bit about art, speaking of the power broker. So I have an art-related question. Ooh. Yes. Do you guys have a preference between sculptured art versus painting art? I have always been a fan of, of paint and paintings. It's intimate. You can really get up close depending on the museum. Looking at the masters and how they work with their brushes, just absolutely amazing. You, if you go see a Monet, you see the brush strokes. You see how he's taking his time with this. The, the, the masters, you can always see this in their painting. And Van Gogh is probably the best example of this. You feel what is on the canvas. Sculpture can be a little stagnant, a little, uh, a little too rigid for me, but that's not to say that you can't be moved by it, but I prefer painting over a sculpture. Brian, what say you? Um, I don't have too much of a preference. You know, I like, I, I like both mediums. You know, I, I study a lot of art. Um, I don't study it, but you know, I, I read comic books a lot and I have very, um, I like, certain artists, uh, you know, I'm to the point now where I can see a, a drawing and pretty much know who who's done that or whose art style that is. But as far as um, sculpting goes too, I mean, like there's just some amazing pieces out there that, you know, I cannot sculpt. I've never tried. I don't think I could do it. My mind just doesn't work three-dimensionally like that. I can draw a little bit, but, you know, sculpting, that's a, that's a whole nother, um, so Brian, yeah. let me ask you a question then. What would you rather have at your home? Um, in my home, I'd probably prefer painting uh, mm. just because of the space. <laughs> my, my kids would climb on the sculpture and <laughs> I don't want them to do that. Yeah. There's just some amazing pieces out there. I'm with Tony, you know, like I really do love art and fine art. I know Tony, you mentioned Monet and stuff, you know, Monet's, Da Vinci's and yeah, I just I've never seen any of them personally up close, but I've seen, you know Go to the Getty and you will. Yeah. Well, I'm uncultured also, but uh <laughs> but well, we um, already knew that. Anybody but, uh, that loves ketchup. I, I, I do I do I do enjoy it. You're so. never gonna let it that go, are you? I, no, I, ketchup and hey, yeah, there's two a things. Proud ketchup lover. So go I ahead. know you it are. is a badge of honor for me. Unapologetic. And you also love Wonder Woman 1984. Oh, oh God, gosh. still, that too. Man. <laughs> don't, don't think you need to come to my defense. He's absolutely right. I love it. <laughs> and Brian also loves paintings. Uh, he would prefer that in his house. So that Paint he can by put number all... or scratch no, and sniff. Yeah, yes. No, actually, I was thinking of all your finger paintings that you've done over the years. <laughs> right. <laughs> you just put them up there. Right. Like like caveman drawings. Yeah. But Brian, please don't lick your fingers when you finger paint, okay? Too late. <laughs> well, that Moving explains on. a lot. Moving on. <laughs> God. 
All right, got. I have a, for the last question. I got a food related one. Uh, salads. Okay, but get your mind around salads. What is the best salad dressing? Oh, oh, hands down, blue cheese all the way. I love me some blue cheese. Blue cheese is just got it's got the creaminess, it's got the cheesiness, it's got that tang. It just coats everything so nicely. It complements everything inside the salad. I love blue cheese. Brian? I also love blue cheese. That is my oh, favorite. <laughs> I thought for sure he was going to say ketchup. Oh, God. Ooh, I've never tried that. Hold on, Wayne. I may have to come back to you. It's called, it's called Russian dressing. Try it. Uh, but blue cheese, and I like chunky blue cheese. I want like... Yes! Yes, I want like the chunkier, the better. I like the little... You know, blue cheese filtered throughout the salad. I don't necessarily want the sauce, but I like the 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 blue cheese itself crumbles all throughout. I just love it. It's um it it brings a whole nuance to to the salad. I just I really like it. So, you know, I'm not speaking of it as elegantly as Tony did, but for the same reasons, I like blue cheese as well. We agree. Wow, I thought for sure you were gonna go like the ketchup route or like ketchup. I was going to, I was really, man, I was waiting. I was waiting to pounce on you. If you said Italian, <laughs> I was yet. waiting. I was just waiting and waiting. I'm like, Oh, please, please Lord, let him say Italian, let him say Italian. And you went with blue cheese, but you, you are, there is still some hope for you yet. My friend, man, as uh, you guys are so much in agreement lately. This is I know it, it, it is. It's very disappointing. Okay, how about you know? I throw a third one in just because. Oh, yeah. Okay, sweet. When giving gifts to anybody, gift cards, yay or nay? Yay. No, <laughs> stay away from gift cards. Gift no cards are the way. bane of everybody. That you do not. Oh, Brian, I would love to hear what you have to say on this. Go ahead and, and and defend this right now. All right, here we go. You in our Christmas uh, special have said that you love giving gifts. You want gifts. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. That is a quote from you. You want it, but yes. Here's the thing. What if somebody doesn't know what you want, but still wants to give you something? What a good gift. Now you can go out and get exactly what you want. You know, I, it's lazy. I, no, I give gift cards out all the time for, in fact, I think I sent you a gift card. <laughs> but, well, yes, you did. But that but, was for, that was for something else. But and here's the thing. It's not lazy. You're still thinking of this person and you want this person to go purchase something that they want. I personally, I, if I'm going to get a gift card, I'd want it to be from like, like Amazon or, or like Wingstop or something. Cause I like wings, but, uh, but, um, Amazon, cause then I can pick up something that I may need, you know, that I don't really want to ask for, but you know, like I feel uncomfortable receiving gifts anyway, but gift cards are such a great I have no guilt giving gift cards because I know that that person's going to spend it on something they need or they're going to re-gift it. And I'm okay with that too. If I give you a gift and I find out that you re-gift it, fine by me. I don't care. You know, <laughs> so there you go, Tony. You're wrong. You are wrong. The gift cards are, are a definite nay. No way. You should... Only in special cases where Brian was kind enough to give me a gift for Super Bowl Sunday and it was for Wings which he knows I enjoy. So I, I appreciated that because there was thought that was brought into that. But if you give somebody an Amazon 
card. How freaking lazy do you have to be? No way. Here I you go. I, dude, <laughs> then give me the fucking cash. If you were going to go that route, give me the cash. I'll take that. That is more meaningful than a damn gift card. Gift cards are lazy. They uh, There's no thought to them. You still have there's to go to no the store nuance. and buy the gift card. It doesn't it's mean not lazy. Per, it's not. It is. It's actually, it is. It is very lazy. Uh, so they are well, they are ridiculous. Tell me, tell me how how lazy this is. If I have to go to the store to purchase a gift card, it's more lazy than going to that same store and picking an item off a shelf and purchasing that. Because to me, it seems like the same amount of effort. No, it's lazy. It, they're right next to the damn cash registers. All you have to do is walk so, in. Pay, no, uh, you spend you're, two you're minutes using spend- lazy with convenient. Okay, no, so it, who cares where the they same place thing. it in the That's store? That's the same so difference, my friend. Lazy, if, lazy and if convenient the are the same. The store, they are have to both go back sides there, of the okay. same coin. They're both sides of the same no, coin. No, they're not. Lazy and convenient no. are both the what same thing. What if they're thing. next to the item that you actually wanted? What if you You're wanted pers- a, a towel? <laughs> then give me a towel. I will. At least you put some thought into that. But what You're if not, they didn't have the towel color you wanted? Now I got a gift card so you can purchase that later. No, then give me a gift receipt where I go, a oh, you know what? I can now, now go down to, go to, to the store to return an which item. Which I am what fine with because I know that somebody, took, your life I knew somebody took their time. I knew somebody took <laughs> to, their to time. To inconvenience you? I would re-gift no, that to in go a and do something <laughs> to do something special for me. Not so even. if I need, if, I if it's not to my liking. your time and I don't want you to have to go to the store to return something. You're wrong on this. Not no, even. it needs to be more personal. <laughs> gift cards are a nay. They are lazy. They're uh, they're 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 just they're they're dumb. They are dumb. <laughs> I, you're wrong. I just you know what, Tony? Uh, I what? think this should be a poll question. Yeah, I'm going to put this on the poll. <laughs> yeah, it was a great question, Wayne. I you know I was starting to think that Brian and I were never going to have a fight ever again, and you found it right now. You dug for that gold. Thank. Good for you, Wayne. Thank you, know you so what? much. I, can I just say one thing? It just thing? tells me I never yes. want to give you a gift again. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I know our listeners can't see us, but they, if, you were, if they got to see me, I'm just smiling, like, a, you know, a big yes. old smile on face, because like, this is like music to my ears, hearing you guys going back and forth. Back and <laughs> yeah, forth. yeah, yeah. And I've got, we've got a guest over here that's watching the same, the same thing. Right. So, it, Sorry, Orin. I feel old school, but <laughs> guess, guess what? Gift cards are fucking lazy. I, I will say it. They, they're, they're dumb. Put some thought into it. Put some. If you care enough about that person to send them a gift, put some thought into it. We even if it's a finger painting, then send it to them. <laughs> You're going to get a finger just, painting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For anybody that just watched, uh, Brian just flew me the bird right now. Uh, that's his finger painting. Well, At I'm least I'm going to outline it with catch it for him. <laughs> yes. See, that would be amazing. I would gift. love a gift. I would love a finger painting in ketchup. Brian, you are a genius. I expect that for my birthday. I expect right. that for Christmas. Done. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thoughtful person, you know, you better watch out. Yes, I agree. So, boy, that was that was a great way. I think you know what we should probably close it at there. What What do you think, Wayne? Oh, that, that was a wonderful place to close. Wonderful. Oh, I feel so good right now. I feel like I feel alive all of a sudden, Brian. Thank you for <laughs> for for pumping that into my veins. Oh, I love it. And then Wayne, thank you for such a great question. <laughs> but in closing, Brian, do you have anything else that you want to add before we get going? No, this is fun. I can't wait for next week's show. I can't either. And. Uh, Pay attention here in the next few weeks. Uh, we will be making some announcements about season two. So please stay tuned and it may be coming sooner 
rather than later, which is good news. And uh, as always, thank you for joining us at the Knowledge of Nothing podcast. This has been the Knowledge Drop. Brian, anything in, uh, before we go? Thanks for the support, everybody. Stay safe out there. Wayne, anything else that you want to add? Nope. Wait, looking for next week, as always. All right. And as always, take care, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.